Hey, everybody. We wanted to start off tonight's episode with some remarks about the passing of former Bruins forward Jimmy Hayes. Hayes was a Boston native and was known by his teammates and players around the league to be one of the best guys you could have in a room. We're sending our continued thoughts, prayers, and condolences to his family. Rest in peace, Jimmy. Hey, everybody, I am your host with the most, Joe Gazarian. And don't look now, fellas, but right around the corner, we got some hockey coming our way in just a couple weeks. It's already we're at end of August here. Pretty soon training camp's going to fire up, and uh, the boys in orange and black here are going to be back on the ice. Whether we want it or not, they're coming. They're coming. I'm Matt Renick, and, yeah, I think uh, a recent signing today that we'll get to kind of – re-sparked my interest in the season it's easy to kind of be in a lull when there's not much hockey news going around um but yeah i'm excited i think what what we have do they have the rookie camp coming up i fans are not allowed in attendance but yes development camp development is that 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 this weekend i think so i think it's i thought it was i thought it was end of august so well we're at the end of august so yeah yeah mike go ahead sir don't be shy well, I'm Mike Zawissa, um, and yeah, I, Matt's right. That uh, signing today, we'll talk about it later. Threw a little wrinkle into the the Flyers lineup, maybe in a Ryan Reeves' point. brother, right? Kevin Reeves. <laughs> Is does Ryan have a brother? I don't know. <laughs> okay. It would be very. It would be most Flyers to to sign Ryan Reeves' <laughs> brother, though, wouldn't it? Sign Ryan Reeves' brother. Like, hey, he's got regardless Ryan of whether or not he played him. hockey. Yeah. He's actually, he's a CrossFit guy. No, get him on the ice. We need him. So. It's probably a contingent of the uh, the Flyers fan base that thinks they see what the Rangers did, and they're like, yeah, bring back Jody Shelley. Give me Jody Shelley. Get him on the ice. Yeah, the yeah. Rangers scored 10 goals against us back-to-back games last year, and I'm going to be worried about Ryan. <laughs> More than, <Lewis>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Skating on the ice. <laughs> God. Well, guys, we do have some hockey to talk about. We're trying to keep it loose after, you know, just some, some heavy, heavy news in the NHL community after, you know, it touches on our boy Kevin Hayes losing a brother. I can't even imagine. Um, so, like we said at the top of the show, all of our thoughts and prayers with the Hayes family, the Boston Bruins family, um, just so many players around the league too. I saw Patrick Kane tweet out. I saw almost probably like a dozen or more players who're like, "This is you know devastating news." So, thoughts and prayers to the Hayes family. But um, we'll keep this train moving and we'll, we'll try and stay a little more positive. Um, there's some flyers news to talk about. Um, we mentioned, like you said, teasing that there's a, a signing. Um, but first let's, um, let's get into Travis Sanheim. He's back for at least two more years, um, two years at like 4.67 and some change. Um, they're going to, I guess they're pairing him with Ristolainen. Um, apparently when Ristolainen was paired with McCabe, who has, a similar kind of skill set to Sandheim. Ristolainen actually played really well. So, um, and it jogged my memory when um, Sandheim was with AMAC for like that one year. They're actually a pretty good pair, um, believe it or not. I, I think the course had actually backed that up. I mean, they were actually, yeah, they were not a horrible pair. That's because Sandheim is, you know, dragging an anchor around. But hey, we'll see what happens. 
Um, you know, this deal does walk him right to UFA status, um, which I'm sure both him and the and the team were probably trying to get a longer team term deal done, but flat cap world just might not have been possible. What do you guys uh let me hear some thoughts on on the Sandheim year? Yeah, I mean I saw some like some thoughts on the number four point six seven five over two years. I think a good com- uh comparable is uh Brandon Carlo, Brandon Carlo, excuse me, from the Boston Bruins. Obviously, a different skill set, but I think in terms of value as a defenseman and where they might kind of slot in on a a good defensive core, that number three uh, defenseman. I think it's kind of similar. He signed a four or four point one million dollar deal over six years. So you can kind of see because we didn't go longer, you had to pay up a little bit. So, I mean, I thought it was a little bit more than he he probably deserves, but that's the current market for defensemen. So I'm not necessarily saying, like, Chuck did a bad job. I think that's one thing Chuck has done well with is giving out contracts for the most part um, throughout his time here in Philadelphia. So it's maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars than I would have liked, but is what it is. That's the market. Sorry about that. I muted myself on the recording. Um, no, I, I I agree with you, Matt. I think it's a lot of people were kind of, I guess, unhappy that it's going to walk them to UFA status. But I think they're kind of at the point with Travis Sanheim where even if that's the case, like they'd rather just get the two more years of like, sure, he's going to make under five. Like we can guarantee that. Let's get two years of that. And then regardless of being him being UFA in two years, like we'll cross that bridge when, when we're get there or get to it because they're already going to have some like cap maneuvering going on at the end of this year between G and, and Coots and a couple other contracts that'll be expiring over the next, you know, season or two. So I, I think it just buys them a little time, I guess, um, which I'm, you know, I'm not opposed to. Plus, I mean, if he winds up not playing to the level of a raise, then, like, does the team explore other options, potentially? Um, I don't think you can, like, necessarily rule that out either. But, I mean, not that I, you know, obviously I hope he plays up to the contract and more. I don't, I'm not upset about it walking into UFA status because, all right, you know, if he play, if he plays crazy good the next two years, we got him at a bargain, and realistically, we probably wouldn't be able to afford him anyway. So if he plays, you know, insane, um, but you know, I think this is a good gamble. I don't really see him on the open market getting a crazy outbid by the by another team. I mean, if he wants to come back to the Flyers, I'm sure they'll give him a, a suitable offer, but. I mean, well, unless he has like a crazy, like unbelievable breakout season where he scores like sixty points or something, like I, I don't see how he's getting more than five and a half million, you know, dollars a year. I mean, once you get to six million plus, I feel like you got to be putting up fifty points a year, guaranteed as a defenseman. Um, and I just I don't really see him as that guy. Um, he's still, I mean, he's still a good defenseman. I, I want him on the team, and I'm happy with the term and and the money. But I think you know, that. That might be the, the one thing that separates him from, you know, let's say he remains a defenseman that's, let's say he puts up like 40 points the next two years. I mean, I, I would take that from Travis Sanheim on the, yeah, on the of course. any day of the week. 
But let's say he does that the next couple years, and the Flyers can't really afford to bring him back based on what the market would be in free agency. I think a free agency, like, for his age, because he'll be a young UFA, like, that's the difference. He's not a 30-year-old walking to UFA. He's mm. he'll, he'll be, what, a 27-year-old or so? Yeah, he'll be 27. Yeah, so you get a couple extra years out of him in that prime as well. Um, and maybe he does take that leap to that 50-point status. So I think that's, that's the only difference um, there as to why I do think he would probably fare pretty well because defensemen just in general do i guess anyway Um, i I think this year too if i'm willing to bet like they're probably going to wait and see what what ristolainen looks like whether we like that or not he's obviously in the last year of his deal on defense it's yandel moran uh braun and who else one other again ristolainen coming coming up on ufa next year or rfa in the case of moran so we have a lot of maneuvering to do i think they have to kind of at that point like with ristolainen i think that's going to be a big indicator is like who are they going to commit to as their big yep. three moving forward um his play next year is really going to drive that can he take kind of that next step as a player um kind of adding some strength hopefully this offseason just to be a little bit more stout back there at his size so and you also have to remember too, with a lot of these good teams, like you have to have a good mix of of rookie contracts and, and bigger contracts. So, I mean, that's Cam York's music. That's Zamula. That's Emil Andre. I mean, we have some people in the hopper who, yeah, ideal world, you want to keep them, but flat cap world kind of have to defer to those uh, up and coming players. That Vandalist kid that they just picked up too, or just invited to uh, to development camp. Do you guys see that? That Who's six, this? Is he six Dutch? Foot seven. Uh, oh Jesus Christ! Oh, six foot seven. Yeah. Hold on, let me hang on. That, on him. Is that Oliver Lardson's child? <laughs> Maybe. Six he, foot seven. You have my attention. So he was an overager in the draft this year. I think people were surprised they didn't get taken. But he's, yeah, he played for the Hitmen this year. He. We have had a seven. pretty good amount of luck out of the Western Hockey League. So. Well, Hitman, too, because didn't Zamula and Sanheim both yes. play for them? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, 6'7", 225, lefty. I don't know. He looks probably less like a two-way defense, and he's probably more of a stay-at-home guy. But, I mean, I need can't, can't have too many of those either, I guess. <laughs> so I need, I need that. I need that. <laughs> I think, Matt, what you said, though, about uh, Reese Linens here, I think you're – Totally right. I can see a scenario where Rasmus Ristolainen and just next to Travis Sanheim looks the best he's ever going to look, and the team is like, "Holy shit, this is the piece we've been missing," you know, and they just commit to him. I, <laughs> I fully see a scenario where that's the case. I would hope that Chuck would be able to figure out how to make it work between the top four that he has right now, because I do think that that could be, in theory, a pretty good top four moving forward, given the ages of all the players there. Well, yeah, you got Provy, Ellis, and then Bristolin and Sandheim. Yeah. If then it you works. got Braun and Yandel. Oh. I mean, that's Ellis is someone I was talking to this my roommate yesterday. It's like, I think because of the bad year last year, and I'm guilty of this myself, it's like you're kind of fixating on the, the Thompson signing or mm-hmm. the Martin Jones signing or the risk that you're taking bringing in. Rasmus was still lining for what we did. And then you almost forget 
that we have for Ryan Ellis. Like that's not even like the topic of conversation, it seems, with most of these discussions surrounding the team, right? It's like yeah. we just brought in as you mentioned, Mike, when he's healthy, which they've kind of checked off the boxes that the injury he had last year was not nearly as severe as everyone made it out to be. Is you're talking about someone at six two point two five million for the next couple of years who's over the past couple of seasons been one of the best right handed defense our league. Yeah. yeah that's I'm what, to watch him. That's exactly what I meant too with the the idea that like they they're because they're their top two defensemen only make like thirteen million. million. They should yeah. be able to allocate enough money to like that means you can add an extra mill to you know your middle pair defenseman if you want to. I'm saying like if if those four work that well together, um, kind of like in the way that the Islanders top four defense unit works, where it's like you know they're all just really solid. Like Provorov and Provorov's like just a solid defender at this point. Ellis is just a solid top pair defender. Like everybody's just good at their spot. Like, they don't have to blow the doors off. They're just good at their spot. I think that it could be a successful core, so, it, you know. The, to give you an idea, Cody Cece and Darnell Nurse make more than that combined. So <laughs> I mean, come on. That's... If the Edmonton Oilers are going to run that as their top pair, then that's going to be more expensive than a Proveroff-Ellis top pair. So That's ridiculous. Yeah, did we record when Darnell Nurse got that gigantic contract? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. That was a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot nine, of money. nine plus million. Yeah, for someone who's not a true number one D man. I mean, I I'll take Ryan Ellis out of all. I'll all take those Ryan contracts. Ellis at six two five or whatever it is over all of those defensemen that were signed this summer to nine plus. I'll say that, except for uh, Makar. But yeah, that's fair. Oof. But yeah, but we'll see the. This team, we've said it, is going to look a lot different. Um, I, I do like Sanheim a lot, and I'm glad we got him for two years, man. Because, hey, if he does bust out and has 50, 60 points, I'm happy to pay him. They'll have to obviously work around it, but I'd be happy to pay him. Um, that or it's in the Daru-Katerier Cup window, right? Like that's Yeah. I think in the next two, three years are really – three years is pushing it with G like the next two years are really where you're kind of committing to, to making that push. And obviously with the signing we'll mention in a little bit, I feel like we've been teasing it to death, <laughs> but, um, our audience likes to be teased, man. They enjoy yeah, that. That's true. But let's get into it. Cause, um, I mean, I, I thought the flyers were pretty much done after they locked up Sanheim. I was like, Oh, there he finishes the off season business. We're all good. Apparently they snuck in a six foot seven giant that I missed though, according <laughs> to Mike. But other than that, um, today Chuck Fletcher just went out and signed Derek Broussard. One year deal, a little over eight hundred K. Um good value for just, you know eight hundred grand for a year and I'll be honest, he's killed us whenever we played him. Um when he was with the Rangers, he dominated Drew uh, in that playoff series a couple years back. All right, he with the Islanders too in that series. Islanders, this too. Like he's just a pain in the ass to play against. Yeah. Big game brass is that what they really call him? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> in Ottawa. Yeah. So, um, all of a sudden the 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 bottom six. There's a lot of depth there that they're going to have to kind of sort through. Who's going to be three C? Who's going to be four C? Obviously, you've got Frost, you've got Lawton, you've got Thompson, you've got Broussard, like. 
they're just going to be shuffling these guys in and out. And Thompson and Broussard obviously don't have the offensive upside that um, the former two I mentioned have, but they they are still pricks to play against. Like, no, especially Broussard. He's really really good defensively with his stick. You know, he's physical. He's not as fast as he used to be, but um, he can really get in on the forecheck. Same thing with Thompson. Um, so. I don't know, guys. All of a sudden, there's a little competition at camp. Who's going to win it? The young guy or the veteran? Or uh, maybe Chuck pulls like a five-way trade. I don't know. This is pretty wild. Uh, I didn't ex- I didn't see this coming, but I'm happy it did. I like the addition because, um, like I said, I just – the memories I have of him, I don't really re- even remember him playing in Ottawa. I mean, the, the Rangers stole that trade from the Senators getting Zipin to Jad. Um, but – when he was with the Rangers, he was a pain in the ass. The Islanders series two years ago, he was a pain in the ass then. Um, so good pickup by Chuck. Yeah, I don't. I honestly cannot see a downside to this signing. I mean, in theory, the only downside is that like Wade Allison or Tanner Lazinski mm. or Nate Thompson don't, or not even Nate Thompson, just one of those two young players don't make the team, or Morgan Frost doesn't make the team out of camp. Like, and if that's the case, and it's not like it was close in camp, then yeah, he probably needs AHL time. I think that's part of what this signing is too, because it was kind of funny after the Travis Sanheim signing, pretty much everybody was like, "That's it for the Flyers." And then, like, a couple Morgan Frost pieces started coming out, like, this is Frost's year to, like, you know, take his step with the Flyers. And then Chuck Fletcher turns around and does this. So I can imagine that being, like, sort of a motivational thing for Frost, sort of like a reminder that, hey, like, you had a great year. Or, sorry, hey, you've been really, you know, working hard and everything like that. This is your also a good chance for you. But, like, you still got to, you know, work for it. You missed an entire season last year. So... I yeah. do, I do kind of like that, and the fact that it's a guy like Broussard that'll be pushing for the spot. Who, I mean, he's. This isn't like if, like R.J. Umberger, you know, <laughs> won a spot out of camp or like, you know, R.J. Umberger being wheelchaired into the yeah. locker room, or, or hiding like, his injury like from the team, snagging the four C role or something like that. Like Derek Broussard is just a good player. Um, he's been effective in whatever role he's played in, like over the like, last couple years. Would you say years. he plays playoff style hockey? I would say that he's he plays playoff style hockey. Hundred <laughs> percent. He scores playoff goals. I think that he like Michael Raffle would. Yeah, I yeah, kind of. I think that he'd be really good on the third line, but I also think he would be. I think a, a fourth line of like Brassard, Thompson, and like Nak just reminds me so much of that Tampa Bay fourth line from the, the playoffs this year. Johnson, Maroon, and uh Matthew Joseph. That that yeah. could be that could be a fun fourth line. Because all those guys can skate relatively well. Um and they're all just such different players, but yeah. Yeah, I think the common theme here is a complete three sixty from last season, right? Like Chuck yeah. he he was willing to roll the dice with the young players and give them the opportunity and that blew up in our face, obviously, in this year. Not to say that he's not giving them the opportunity. They still have the opportunity to come in and earn a spot. Just like Mike said, probably one of Frost, Allison, or two of, I should say, at least Frost, Allison, and Lazinski aren't going to make the team, which, again, given where we are, Drew, Couturier last year, their deals, like we're trying to push to be a, a competitive team. And if... Frost after a year off doesn't look like he's ready 
then you can plug in Broussard or whatever they end up deciding if it's not Frost. But I think something interesting that I, I read and heard is that apparently Morgan, they had asked him to train this summer in Philly because I saw in the Cam Atkinson video, it was like, I can't remember who else it was. I saw like Sam Moran was there, TK was there. So a lot of the players are kind of staying around Philly and training. Um, and apparently Frost went back to Canada. So, I mean, again, mm. it's not, not trying to say like one way or another that's a good or bad thing. Um, but if you're a young player coming off an injury, and you know that like next couple of years are make it or break it for you in the organization. Like I feel like you'd be wanting to do everything in your power to kind of prove to them that you're ready and willing to do what it takes. So, but at the same time, you have to consider the pandemic and not being around frat family and maybe not seeing people for a while. So, but I thought that was definitely interesting. We'll kind of see what ends up happening with him and, and three C. Yeah. I didn't know that he went back to Canada. Um, I'm not a giant fan of that just because, you know, I, I don't want any more horseshit excuses. So like, you know, like, Oh, it was tough. They were in Canada. It's, you know, the restrictions were harder to get to places like enough's enough. You know, like you said, his, this spot on the roster is like, I could not think of a better time for him to show what he's got. I mean, that three C spot is just waiting for him to walk in. Um, so not super thrilled with that. I mean, maybe he has like a really good connection in Canada. Who knows? He lives at the rink next door. I don't know. But um, you'd think he would want to do everything you can to ingratiate yourself to the team. But we'll see. Um, yeah, it, it is wild, though, to see how far the pendulum has swung back into the direction of, of signing veterans. Because, you know, ideally you would want a good mix of betting on young talent and having veterans. Uh, but I think they just got burned so bad last year with going just, you know, with relying so heavily on next steps with kids that I'm, I'm pretty sure Chuck knows and AV knows their their jobs are, are more or less on the line this year. If they have another bad year, it's over. So um, when that's the case, you're going to bring in proven quantities. You know, you're not going to roll the dice again after you've already rolled it. So. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting battle at camp. I really like Frost. I think he is – I think you mentioned it, Matt. Mike, he's completely different than the other candidates for the center position. Um, you know, insanely more skilled than Broussard and Thompson and even Lawton. I mean, he's definitely more skilled than Lawton. Um, but we'll see. The spot is his to, to lose, really. Um, if he has a really great offseason training program, I don't see how you don't give it to him. And then, you know, Thompson and Broussard are your fourth C and – losses on the wings and yeah that does mean you might not see a Wade Allison or a Torinsky but it's a long season there are going to be injuries um there will be call-ups and I mean flat out I mean if like you know take Allison for instance because he had a really strong finish of the year like if he's just dominating in Lehigh Valley I don't think I think we've kind of seen like they'll they'll bring people up so um if he's you know just outright destroying the competition down there I don't see AV or Chuck being like, no, can't bring him up here. Got to play Derek Broussard. If that starts to happen, we're all in trouble. So um, we'll see, boys. We'll see. Anything else on the 3C, 4C kind of battle that we're going to have pretty soon? No, I think that the same thing with Cam York. If fans, you know, don't mm. be um, 
discouraged if neither of them make it out of camp. I would say, like you said, Joe, the pendulum's kind of swinging, I think. I know you just said it's Morgan's fro- Morgan's spot to lose, but I think it kind of is more now on, like, hey, we're kind of stacking this for you to, you know, prove it even more. So I actually think that it's more than likely we won't see them on the roster to make this season, or on the roster to start the season, but... I think, like you're, like you said, there will be injuries. They'll probably be up at some point. So, um, I'm just excited that we don't have to hope that Scott Lawton can handle three C. I think he's capable of it. But we also have Derek Broussard yeah. now to make sure that that's also, you know, he he can handle that role for sure. And in the interview with Chuck Fletcher, with uh, who dropped all the picks before they happened with the expansion draft? Oh, Saravelli. Saravali, yeah. yeah. Frankie. He has, the, he has the podcast, and they had Chuck on. I watched it the other night. Yeah. Um, and he mentioned, he, he said, what did they say? They're like, oh, like, do you think in today's NHL, moving in back into a full season, um, that you need eight defensemen as opposed to seven? And he said that we need 10 defensemen. <laughs> okay. So I was like, Jesus. At what? six foot seven. What's the so, guy's name, Mike? Yeah. Jack Vandalese. Jack Vandalese. Yeah, maybe we'll see some Vandalese action this year. But, I mean, it's a funny comment, mm-hmm. but I think that just drives even home even more the the rationale behind those signings. It's like he's just trying to provide as much depth as humanly possible mm-hmm. because, like, let's say, like, I'm not wishing this upon him. I hope he has a good bounce back year, but, like, let's see if Limblom doesn't play well, right? Or NAK has another bad year. Then you're then you're again relying on Anna Lazinski or, or Noah Cates, who I thought both of them really didn't impress me in any way in a short period of time when they were with us. So then again, like you're saying, okay, you have a couple injuries or two players aren't really playing that well. It's like then you're relying on those two to be your your fourth line players. So with the Nate Thompsons and the Derek Broussards of the world, like Mike mentioned, he's kind of saying like, hey, like. You have to prove it, and you have to be consistent. Otherwise, you're not going to be starting the season with the club, or you're not going to be in the lineup every night. Even to guys like like the Connor Bonavins of the organization, yeah. like he's a guy that had an outside shot at the roster, and he probably still does. But with Thompson and Broussard on the team, it makes that unlikely. So, like we with Thompson and Broussard on the team, you're even if Frost beats out, you know. Broussard for 3C if, if Broussard is just a scratch for games or he plays 4C or whatever like you're, that's just one added layer of protection between you and having to ice Connor Bonneman and Tanner Luzinski on the fourth line for the whole year like you were saying Matt like you just can't go through long periods of time where you're you know almost an entire half of your bottom six is you know AHL level talent yeah agreed and I think the I listened to that uh, podcast, Matt, when you're talking about with Sarah Bali, Um and one of the bigger takeaways, and we've said it before, but like this is the first full season we're gonna have in two years, right? So like, who knows how the players' bodies are gonna respond to this? You know, I can see a lot of non-contact injuries. You know, muscles that have kind of been on the shelf for for certain periods of time, and. You know, your body just has to get used to, to that grind again. It's really tough. You know, if you've been going to the gym every day for, you know, five days a week and then you take off like a year, 
if you go five days a week again, right off the bat, like you're going to be broken in the beginning. You'll figure it out. Your body will get reacclimated, but I mean, it's going to take some time. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see some non-contact injuries and, and maybe the flyers just being proactive and be like, listen, we have all this depth. We're going to, we're going to rotate, you know, kind of like the Eagles did with the defensive line. We won the Super Bowl. We had so many goddamn pass rushers. They just kept swapping them in every other play. Like, okay, go ahead. Who's next? And maybe they'll do that with, you know, with the bottom half of the lineup and, and even giving them some of the top guns a, a little bit of rest. So we'll see. Um, but I think that the message was loud and clear to the team that, you know, it is inexcusable what happened last year. It's kind of on management, but it's also on the players and, players you know the management i'm sure when they had their closing interviews were like you all have to completely work on your game we all as management have to completely overhaul this roster and they've done it on the fly credit to chuck man he's he's done a pretty good job i mean we want to change we got change we'll see if it's going to be any good or not um just a couple weeks to go gentlemen who's excited i'm excited to watch this team again they got me. What's that? Uh, was it Godfather Three? Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> That's what I feel like. like. I'm already back. I'm ready. I'm ready for for the season to start. It'll just be fun to see new faces, if nothing else. Um, it's always fun to see new players suit up. But um, give yeah, me no, let's, I, let's let's talk about the team then. Give me like one positive and one one weakness. Let's start with the weakness and with the positive. So give me a weakness yeah. of the team like that you can see. Um. I think that one one weakness I could potentially see is this is like the worst case scenario for me if Lawton, Broussard, or Frost don't, you know, show that they have the capability to play 3C. Like, mm. I think that... Actually, you know what? No. Because I don't even think one of those three guys is going to be able to play 3C. So never mind. Scratch that. We're going to say... I'm just going to say the bottom three of the defense like Risto Braun and York or Risto Braun and Yandel uh I hope that they can be strong and I think they can but I mean tell me that you cannot see that being the one thing that potentially you know torpedoes the season well I mean they're all outside of Ristolainen who has bad underlying numbers as we've talked uh, <laughs> talked about it great length um, Yandel and Braun are another year older. Like, yeah. Braun skating is not going to get better. Like, that that's kind of the issue, right? So, mm-hmm. I agree with that um, for sure. What's your positive, Mike? My, positive? my positive, though, is that I think that this team will be... I think this team's going to have a lot of personality on the ice just based on the, the actual personality of the players and the way they play. I think it's going to be really fun to watch Cam Atkinson skate around with Kevin Hayes, or if they put him with, I really hope that they put him with G and Coots just to see if that chemistry takes off. But I think that he could be fun with Hazy as well because, you know, they're both, they're, they know each other. That adds an element. But I think it's, it'll be a fun, you know, pain in the ass team to play against. And I think that they're going to score a decent amount too. All right. That was, that was going to be my positive. I was saying, <laughs> I think we're going to see two 30 goal scores this year. Oh, Atkinson and who? TK? I don't know. I mean, it could be there's a whole there's a number of it. it. Could be Farabee for all we know. It could be Coots yeah. scored thirty before yeah. G TK if he has a rebound season and you're on the right pairs. Like like Mike said, if they if they run G Coots 
um, Atkinson, and then on the second line, it's TK, Farabee, and Hayes. Like, yeah, I could see it for yeah. sure. So that's gonna be my that'll be my positive. What's your negative, buddy? Um, it pains me to say this because I I think Hart will have a back, back bounce back year, and I think he'll play well. But my worry is that if he struggles, even if it's in just like a couple, not necessarily as a whole throughout the year, but if he has like a stretch where he's not good, is I, I'll see, I'll believe it when I see it that Martin Jones can be a plausible one B to Hart's one A. Just because he's been a starter for the last couple of years, in my mind, doesn't win him any like brownie points. Like his numbers were still. But good. Matt, his his numbers last year were better than our goalie's numbers. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I could have gone out there and put up similar numbers to Hart based on where those <laughs> shots were coming from. So, but all right, so your negative negative, my negative okay, the goalie. If yeah, if the goalie tandem, and that's that's listen. They are rolling the dice a little bit. Um, I, we all agree. We all think that Hart's going to have a good year. Um, that's not really what we're worried about. But, you know, it, what I just said like five minutes ago, this is the first season we're going to play fully in quite some time, which means Martin Jones is going to see real real time in that. So hopefully he can recapture his form with Kim Dalaba. He worked with him before, so we'll see. My negative, um, I'm a little worried – that we might see AV start to like do what he did in the playoff series against the Islanders with this many older veterans where like Thompson's out there five, seven, you know, eight minutes in the third period, like slow the fuck down. Like we need skill out there. I understand, you know, it's easier to go with the veteran and kind of just just bank on that. He's not going to make the mistake, but like he also might not score or, or drive play. So, you know, you need to be willing to, to play everybody and not just rely so heavily on these older bottom six guys. I'm a little worried about that um, just because we saw it really badly in the Montreal and Islanders series, especially. I mean, that Montreal series, there was one game where like it was game six, like Giroud like barely played like the third period. Like they, they just, he had he had less ice time than Nate Thompson. Like you, you cannot allow that to happen again. Um, so that's my negative. Um, positive. Uh, I want to say. Hmm, I want to say I think TK is going to have a, a real big bounce back here. That's my positive. Is that um, he seems like a guy that's really hard on himself. Um, he seems like a guy that. Um, when things are going real good, they're going real good. When they're going real bad, they're going real bad. Um, and hopefully he's he's a father now, by the way. We forgot to say congratulations. Um, father now. So you know, maybe fatherhood will bring his life some balance, right? Because he, he seems like a guy that, like I said, is always on the outer edges. He's never just had a happy medium. And I think he's due for that and he's due to, to start finding the back of the net. Um, he was early in the season and then he just, I mean, he like, catastrophically fell off. Um, so we'll see, but I, I'm expecting big things from him because, um, hey, man, if, if we get some, you know, if we get 25 goals from TK, that goes a hell of a long way. So we will see. Any other thoughts on the team, gentlemen, before we wrap up this episode? None for me. I'm excited to see a little Flyers news. Well, I guess, are they going to let, like, reporters in to, like, 
Um, probably reporters will be able to go, but they have closed it to the general public. Was the last thing I saw um, with the Delta variant rising. So I'm sure probably for the best. Some of the stuff, yeah, like they've done recently. They've done that in the past. Um, Frost is actually going to be there. Yeah. Are we Are we playing anybody? Are we going to be playing like we usually like play like the Capitals or the Rangers? Have they announced that? Maybe not yet. I'm not know. sure. Well, this is this is different than rookie camp. This is development camp. Oh, then no, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess this sees who gets invited to. I th- I think so. Rookie camp? I don't know. This shit's all so confusing. A lot of camps. All right, boys. Well, if that is it for Mike, for Matt, for myself, we're gonna wrap it up. Have a great day, Philadelphia. Take care of yourselves. We'll uh, check back in next week.